G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. There are many sentiments that people carry in life that are simply not biblical. Uh, One would be, follow your heart. We don't usually learn theological truth in idle conversations over the water cooler. Pastor Greg Laurie says, beware of those adages like, follow your heart. The Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? You see, we need to follow God's heart, not our heart. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Ever play the telephone game? You and some others gather in a circle, someone whispers a message to the first person who whispers it to the second and so on. When the last person reveals what they heard, it's obvious that the message got wildly distorted. Some people seem to play a game like that with their Bible knowledge. They rely on what they've heard the Bible says. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to the source to discover some things people said it said that it never said. You know, there are certain things that people believe to be true that are not true. We call them old wives' fables, right? And if you're an old wife, sorry, but this is the expression. (laughs) Old wives' fables. And we've heard these from our childhoods. As an example, if I drop a piece of food on the ground, if I pick it up before five seconds, (laughs) uh, it's okay. It's often called the five-second rule. Uh, That's not true because bacteria transfers to food immediately. Here's another one we've all heard from our childhoods. Don't go swimming after you've eaten or you'll get cramps and you could even drown. Completely not true at all, okay? No science behind that. That tall tale is all wet, okay? So (laughs) that's not true. How about this one? If you're sick, you should eat chicken soup. It'll help you get better. That one is true. I love that. And it seems from my life when I eat chicken soup, if I have a cold, it really does help. And they've actually done research on this and found that it actually does help. Okay, and there are things believed about God and about the Bible that are not true. Here's a couple of easy ones. God helps those who help themselves. The Bible says God helps those who help themselves. The Bible does not say that. Now, the idea behind it isn't completely wrong. If I was applying it uh, in this way, for instance, you know you need to go out and get a job and you need to work and be responsible. You can't just sit around on your lazy boy and binge on Netflix, right? Uh, Because the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. Well, I have a better verse. Just say the Bible says if you don't work, you don't get to eat. Okay, so go get a job. So I mean, if you were to get really technical, God helps those who can't help themselves, right? 
Uh, because when we get to the end of ourselves, we really get to the beginning of God. Here's another one often quoted. You know the Bible says, cleanliness is next to godliness. And that's usually what a parent says when they want their child to get clean, right? Now I'm all for soap and being clean, but the Bible does not say <laughs> cleanliness is next to godliness. But there are many sentiments that people carry in life that are simply not biblical. Uh, one would be, well, God is angry at me and he wants to ruin my life. Some people think this. God's just out to ruin everything that I planned for myself. You know, that is so wrong. God's mad at me. God is not mad at you. God is mad about you. If there's one thing that's clear in Scripture, it is this, God loves you. You see it from Genesis to Revelation. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you. The Bible even says, God is love. First John 3, 1 says, Behold what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called God's children. God loves you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you a life that is worth living. Now let's take the flip side of that and we hear people say, God loves me and accepts me as I am, right? This is usually said by someone that is probably doing something they should not do. Yeah, I know that I go out and I party, get drunk on the weekend, but God loves me and accepts me as I am. Well, I know that we're getting a divorce and we don't have a biblical reason, but still, God loves me and accepts me as I am. I know that I shouldn't do this, but God loves me and accepts me as I am. Other variations of this is, no one is perfect. And one of my favorites, hey man, don't judge my journey. <laughs> yeah, I might judge your journey a little bit. <laughs> Especially because your journey might lead you to the wrong place. The fact of the matter is, the Bible tells us that judgment begins in the house of God. A Christian is to be discerning, and a Christian is to make judgments. When Jesus says, Oh, by the way, their favorite verses are, judge not lest you be judged, and let him that is without sin cast the first stone, right? That's our way of saying, go away and stop talking to me, Christian, with your Bible. Now it is true, Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged, but a better translation would be, condemn not lest you be condemned. But this idea of God loves me and accepts me as I am needs to be looked at. So. Is it true that God loves me and accepts me as I am? I would say technically the answer is yes. But now let me add another statement to it. God loves you and accepts you as you are, but he doesn't want to leave you that way. So I don't have to do something to earn the love of God. I have the love of God. It is extended toward me even as a sinner. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he loves me, but he doesn't want to leave me the way that I am. Here's another one that we've all heard. Follow your heart. <laughs> just no matter what in life, just follow your heart. It's similar to God loves and accepts me as I am. Variations of this idea would be the heart wants what it wants. What, what does that even mean? The heart wants what it wants, or listen to your heart, and you will find the truth. Now when we use this phrase heart in English, in our culture today, we're primarily speaking of our emotion, 
Uh, in Hebrew culture, when the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, it didn't make that kind of a distinction. Uh, it would include your mind as well as your heart, but it will say, follow your heart. In other words, follow your emotion. And we use this phrase about our heart all the time. If someone is uh, very emotional, we'll say, oh, they wear their heart on their sleeve, right? If we're sad, we say, I'm heartbroken. If we're insensitive to the needs of others, we'll say, you are so heartless. And then we wonder why someone doesn't care. We say, where's your heart? Well, maybe they should check their sleeve because that's the last place they left it, right? <laughs> then there's countless songs about the heart. Bruce Springsteen had a hungry heart. Billy Ray Cyrus had an achy breaky heart. <laughs> maybe that's why Tony Braxton sang Unbreak my heart because Billy Ray gave her an achy, breaky heart. <laughs> and then the BG saying, How can you mend a broken heart, especially an achy, breaky heart? But then Celine Dion reminds us that the heart will go on, even if it's achy, breaky and it's been broken, right? Okay, so should we follow our heart? No. Why? The Bible says in Jeremiah 17 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure, who can understand it? You see, we need to follow God's heart, not our heart. And as we fill our minds with the word of God, our mind changes and our heart changes. Ezekiel 36, 26, God says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And then we're told in Psalm 37, 4, take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you get your life aligned with God's will, when you get your prayers in sync with what God wants for you, he will give you the desires of your heart because the desires of your heart will change. But if you just say follow your heart and follow your emotion, you can get into a lot of trouble. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is presenting a fascinating message called Things Jesus Never Said. Glad you're along for our series in the book of James. Here's something else Jesus never said. We need to love ourselves. Love ourselves. You need to love yourself more. The problem is you don't love yourself enough. So untrue. <laughs> you love yourself. I love myself. When someone takes a picture and you're in the picture, who do you look for first? And then what do you say? Don't post that. Why? I look fat. Don't post it. Let me Photoshop it quickly. You know, what's our favorite form of photography? Selfies. You know, we love ourselves already. So this is pretty much an established fact. In fact, we love ourselves too much. But wait, doesn't the Bible say, love your neighbor as you love yourself, so therefore the Bible's teaching you to love yourself? No. The Bible is saying, it's obvious you already love yourself. Can't you love your neighbor as well? See, the Bible actually teaches the opposite of loving yourself. It actually tells us that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul and mind and put Christ first. Sometimes a variation of this is I'm trying to find myself. Usually before someone does something really stupid they'll say I'm just trying to find myself. Jesus says if you want to find yourself you need to lose yourself 
or dedicate yourself to me. He says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever will lose his life will find it. Here's another one. I deserve to be happy. I know what I'm doing is maybe not the right thing, but I deserve to be happy. Well, really? Well, the Bible even says it. No, it actually doesn't. Now, it's not that God wants you to be unhappy. God wants you to be happy in the right way. I mean, back in AD 397, Augustine said, everyone, whatever his condition, desires to be happy. So this pursuit of happiness is not unique to modern times. Mankind has always wanted to be happy. And the problem is we go about trying to find happiness in the wrong way. Oh, if I was famous, I'd be happy. Or oh, if I had all this money, I'd be happy. Or if I did this or did that, I would be happy. And it's simply not true. When comedian Dave Chappelle was making millions of dollars, he said he was not happy. And he was quoted to say, the higher up I go, the less happy I am. And that's why it shouldn't be a shock to us when we read of some celebrity overdosing on drugs or going into rehab for the 30th time or sometimes tragically even taking their own lives. It's because they've climbed to the top and they found out there's nothing there. See, when you don't have it, you may think, yeah, one day maybe though, if I won the lottery, then I would be happy. But then you find out, no, that's not where it is. So it's not wrong that you want to be happy. You just need to go about finding that happiness in the right way. I deserve it. Do you deserve it? Let's not get into that. If we're gonna talk about what we deserve, I'll be blunt with you, you deserve to be judged for your sin, and so do I. So don't say to God, I deserve to be happy. The Lord says, really, we're gonna go there? Okay, let's take it another way. Can I be happy? The answer is yes. Does God want me to be happy? Again, the answer is yes. But you'll never find happiness by pursuing it. You'll find happiness by pursuing the Lord. Right? The Bible says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Luke eleven twenty eight 28 says, happy are those that hear the word of God and keep it. So if you want to live a happy life, live a holy life. Live a godly life and put the Lord first and you will find that happiness will come as a result. Here's another one. God wants me to follow my dreams. Well, not exactly. It's not bad to have a dream. But sometimes your dreams are not the best dreams. And sometimes you might get what you want and your dream might turn into a nightmare. So here's what it comes down to. I want to find God's plan for my life. Listen to this. God's plan for your life is better than your own. Put his will first. And that's hard for us to do because that goes back to my first point. God's against me. God hates me. Wrong. God loves you. God has a plan for you. It's a good plan. So understand that. Now coming back to my dream. Okay, I have my dreams. So dedicate your dreams to the Lord. Okay, Lord, this is kind of what I think I want. But I can tell you after living a few years, that I can look back on my life and thank the Lord he didn't answer some of my prayers. Right? Thank God for unanswered prayers. The Lord said no. God, you, if you love me, you'd let me. No, I love you and that's why I'm not letting you. And you'll know this one day when you get older. 
and you look back in retrospect and realize my plan for you is better than your plan for yourself. Listen, God is omniscient. It's a theological word that simply means God is all knowing. God knows everything. He knows everything about you and me and all of us. In fact, the Bible even tells us in Psalm 147, verse four, he determines the number of stars and calls them each by name. Can you imagine that? God knows all the stars. So in 2021, the James Webb Telescope was launched. The results are blowing the minds of astronomers and scientists. This space-going infrared telescope captures previously unobservable planets, stars, and galaxies right out to the edge of space and beyond. This is the creation of God that we've never seen before. And astronomers now estimate that there are 100,000 million stars in the Milky Way and outside of that, millions and millions of other galaxies. And what did we just read? We read that God knows every star, each with its own name. Boy, I'd run out of names fast if it was up to me. Uh, Rover, uh, Bob, Larry, Mary, I don't know. I mean, every one of those stars has a name that God has given to them. So I bring this up because if God has named all the stars and all of the galaxies out there, does he not care about you? He does. In fact, if it concerns you, it concerns God. Psalm 56.8 says, you keep track of my sorrows. You've collected my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. So you can take a step of faith today knowing that God knows your tomorrow. He's already been there. He's getting things ready for you. So don't follow your dreams. Follow the Lord who has a better plan for you than your own. Good encouragement and clarification today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie's message today is titled Things Jesus Never Said. Join us next time on A New Beginning for more insights in the reliable wisdom found in God's Word as we continue our studies in the book of James. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Things Jesus Never Said. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.